Yo, 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 we back. We back. Episode seven. Episode seven. Might be a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a shorter episode. I don't know. But I just had to, you know, I might do actually like a double, like, episode seven and episode eight right after just because this might be like a shorter episode. I want to really, really dig into, you know, a playoff series and stuff. Um, But episode seven, man, this this playoffs again has been incredible has been great you know i've been loving what i've been seeing um as i'm recording this actually the warriors just closed out against the denver nuggets it's just one um that series so you know that's uh something i think a lot of people expected after the first two games for that to be a very short you know series uh props to Jokic. he was incredible had like i think like 38 19 and like eight like he was just he's incredible again he's the best center in basketball i've never went away from that opinion i have him over joel and b and b is amazing he's incredible i know i know he's incredible but Jokic, man the way he can always get to his spots on the floor the way that he can just always find guys to give the ball to like Jokic is just incredible as a basketball player like his mind and how how strong he is like he's tough to move around like he's far from like a soft player i I saw draymond say that uh post game but yeah it's the truth like he's far from like a soft european player or whatever that stereotype doesn't fit uh Jokic. that dude his mid-range game his ability to shoot all types of weird shots from different angles and his ability to always flip that ball up into the rim when he gets close to the rim like he's just a very very knocking down his free throws probably the best passer in the nba right now like at seven feet tall like he's just a special special talent um i do not think like no matter how you feel about his mvp awards you cannot deny the fact that the dude is an incredible basketball player like he's not like a a guy that's going to go down as like a bad play obviously you're not a bad player you win mvp of the nba but you get what i'm saying like he's not gonna be like this not all-time great basketball player i think he's gonna finish as an all-time great basketball player will he ever win championships i don't know but he will definitely have the multiple all-star games the multiple all nba appearances uh deep playoff runs i believe eventually and he'll go down as an all-time great like Jokic was incredible i think a big key um I mean, might as well just jump right into it. Uh, like I said, the Warriors just advanced to the second round, waiting on the finish of that Memphis-Minnesota series. And to talk about Memphis-Minnesota, that series is so unpredictable, and I love it. You don't know what you're going to get. Forget per game, per quarter, per possession. You don't know what you're going to get from either team. And it's just it's just an awesome series to watch. You don't want to miss a single second of it as a basketball watcher. Like, it's been great. Last game um, was game four. Five, right? Yeah, game uh, game five in Memphis. And Minnesota had control of that game, you know. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns was playing well. I think Anthony Edwards wasn't playing terrible, but he wasn't having, like, a great game. But, like I said, he wasn't terrible. Uh, he made some shots. And, you know, and in that fourth quarter, as it's getting to late in that fourth quarter, I'm like, man, I don't think Memphis got anything, anything to really go back with what Minnesota's giving them right now. Like, Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns, like I said, had it going. And I'm like, ah, you know, but you can't. We just saw Minnesota blow two 20-point leads. So it's like, hmm, 
Memphis, like, I never actually felt like Memphis was out of the game. I, I could see how somebody else would feel that way, but definitely Minnesota had control. And I think the difference was that Minnesota, it's hard for them to get Carl, like, Carl Anthony Towns as a big, he can obviously catch and just shoot a three real quick and knock it down. But outside of that, he needs to get the ball on certain spots on the floor for him to get into his moves or get into his, you know, the shots that he want. And I think uh, Memphis did a very good job. And when he got the ball, they sending him, you know, some quick doubles, making him get the ball out of his hands. And I think that was smart because Anthony Edwards, like I said, he he wasn't hot. D'Angelo Russell has been horrible the entire series from a scoring, you know, uh, from the scoring scoring uh, side of things. You got, um, yeah, so you don't really got nobody else for Minnesota. They really have to rely on Carl Anthony Towns. And he did hit a couple of pretty big shots. Um, but, yeah, I think that was a good job of what they did defensively. Um, on offense, I mean, it was kind of just like the Josh, the John Morant show. And I think Brandon Clark, outside of John, he has to get the MVP of that game for Memphis. The uh, rebounding, man, like, Rebounding is so important in the playoffs, so important. If Minnesota gets those rebounds when they should get those rebounds, they probably win that game most likely. You know, they're very unreliable. The only thing that's reliable about Minnesota is that they're unreliable. So um, I don't know that, but I feel like if they get those rebounds, man, that that was a huge part of the game right there. So now you got game six in um, Minnesota. I just feel like Memphis is going to win this game. I feel like Minnesota is going to come out, fight for a little bit, then they're going to just die out real, real early. I think they played their best basketball because when you think about it, they should actually have won this series. Again, game three, they blew two 20-point leads, and then game uh, five, they lost that game too, in which they should have won that game. This series should be over, and I think they played as much good basketball as they can. So I don't think game six, like, I don't think game six, Carl Anthony Towns going to have a great game. I just, I don't know. I, I got that feeling. But obviously I could be wrong. They could come out and have their best game of the series. That's how unreliable it is. It's it's amazing. I I love it. And um, I think if Memphis do get past Minnesota real quick, I think a real thing to really look out for against them versus Golden State it's their ability to get in transition and to get buckets. Golden State had, you know, that motion offense leads to turnovers sometimes. You know, Steph can get reckless with the ball, Draymond, same thing. And that can lead to turnovers. And that's that's what helps any team, but especially a team like uh, Memphis. They benefit off of moving in transition, shooting those threes in transition off a of fast break, John Morant driving to the rim, trying to dunk on somebody. That's what they thrive off of. And I think rebounding, obviously, for Golden State is a big, big problem for them. Uh, it showed itself versus Denver. They fortunately was able to get away with it. Uh, but rebounding is very important for the Warriors. That's why, you know, guys like a Wiggins, guys like a Draymond, obviously, guys like a Kevon Looney, Otto Porter, these guys need to get these boards for the Warriors. They don't have a true great rebounder. And, you know, that could definitely hurt them against a team like Memphis or against a team like pretty much, you know, if they was to get to the finals against a Milwaukee, I could see Giannis getting every single rebound, you know, every game getting 15 to 20 rebounds, like easy. 
So I think that's just very important for the Warriors. Um, it's something to look out for. Um, so yeah, you got the Phoenix Suns versus the New Orleans Pelicans. Man, a two 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 series. That's now a three two series. Um, I gotta give the Pelicans credit. I I can admit when I'm wrong. I did not have the Pelicans making it this far in terms of this series. Now I didn't know Devin Booker would get hurt. That definitely would have made me, you know, change what I was thinking. Obviously, but still give them credit, man. Like um, Brandon Ingram has definitely grown. Like I feel like people have kind of like forgotten about Brandon Ingram a little bit. Like I said before, and now he's really getting put on the forefront because everybody's watching the playoffs. So it's like I think um, it's dope to see him perform this way, and I think we should have some conversations of. How good is he? Is he a top 15 player? Is he top 20? Like, where do he stand at his position in his conference in the league? I don't think we ever had those type of conversations about him. And I think it's time. Um, game uh, game uh, five was just a game of pretty much the Pelicans not really having it going. Like, But you got to give Phoenix their credit. I thought Phoenix played pretty good defense. Um, I think... Mikael Bridges had a amazing, like, he's like the perfect role player. I don't think you, like, every team could benefit from having him. He's the best version of, like, a 3 and D guy. Um, so it, it was just a pretty much a, a team game of Memphis, uh, uh, sorry, Phoenix, going out there and just showing why they had the best record in the NBA. It's really that simple. Like, Chris Paul controlled the game very well, like usual. I think they made less mistakes on offense. I think they played a really efficient game on defense in New Orleans, which they're not the better team than Phoenix. Even when Phoenix don't have Devin Booker, they're not a better team than Phoenix. So when Phoenix do what they're supposed to do on both ends of the court at home, they should win that game. Um, unless you get like a crazy, crazy performance from CJ and BI or, you know, but what happened was what supposed to happen. Now, I'm very, very confident. Like I'm confident in Memphis beating Minnesota game six, but I'm really confident that Phoenix is going to close the deal in game six. I just think um, similar to Minnesota, I think Brandon Ingram probably just won't have that great of a game. And I think they'll need one of those monster games because Phoenix is going to really look to close it out. I'm starting to hear things. I saw that video. I don't know if you uh, people have been really paying this attention, but Devin Booker was like walking, I guess, to like the locker room had to be the locker room obviously and uh he, he was talking to like pelicans coaching staff or whatever and was like I, i'm gonna be back like i'll be back next game basically that's what it seemed like it said i know that's what Suns fans are saying is that you know that's what he said it might be it might be hopefully you know dreaming about him coming back i don't know but it is what it looked like he was doing like he was straight up saying look i'll be back next game so we'll see if that's the case. Um, if it is, then yeah, definitely they're they're uh, cooked. Not saying it's not possible, but I just don't see it happening. Um, Phoenix, Phoenix though next round, if they end up facing Dallas, man, that's going to be a dog fight. I'm like obviously I did have Phoenix winning that series, but man, I see uh, that three point shooting, Luca getting to the rim. Luca going to end up averaging 35, and it's going to be tough for Phoenix to deal with that, man. The offense of Dallas really keeping up because I don't think either team is really going to stop you know, each other. I think it's going to be a very high-scoring series where you're going to get some high scores from, from Dallas and Phoenix. And it's going to be a great series, man. It's going to be a great, great series. But 
before Dallas could play Phoenix, they have to get get past Utah. And um, Utah, man, I mean, it's just time. It's just time to, you know, split that thing up, split the team up. You know, um, the perimeter defense is horrible. They can't stay in front of nobody, kick off for threes. Dallas is getting straight to the rim, everybody, like not just Luka, but everybody, and that's a problem. Um, If you're Utah, though, what do you actually do? Obviously, you want to keep Donovan Mitchell, but I'm just saying, like, what do you do then if you're able to keep Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert? What do you do to make this roster better? Um, I don't know what their draft pick is, but obviously you want to draft better. But what I think they could really benefit from is another wing score next to Donovan Mitchell. Or it could be like a guard or whatever, but really like another wing, like another three or like, you know, to like really, really get buckets or like a true number two guy right next to, that, you know, Donovan Mitchell. I think they could really benefit from, from that because at times where Donovan Mitchell is kind of like regular, it would be nice to have another star that can give you 30 in the playoffs. I think that's really what they're missing. That's the difference from them making, you know, just getting to the playoffs or making it to the conference finals. I don't know who could who, who who can they pick up. What trade would make that happen? You kind of got to just hope you cross your fingers and draft another you know star next to Donovan Mitchell. But I and to be honest, I know a lot of people have been saying he's going to leave. I I don't think he's going to actually demand or request a trade from there. Like it or not, I don't think he's going to actually ask for a trade from um, Utah. Honestly, um, I got Utah losing game six. I got them losing game six. I think they're, uh, you know what? I might actually have them winning game six. It might actually go seven and then Dallas winning seven. I could see Dallas being on some bullshit, turning the ball over, Luka missing shots, trying to force it, and then they lose game six. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I say Dallas is seven right now. I forget. I think I did have Utah winning the series, but that was only because I thought Luka was going to miss most of the series. Like a calf strain is a very serious injury. So I thought he was going to miss basically the whole series, but turns out he didn't, came back. So clearly my prediction was wrong. But um, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have disrespected Luca having them losing like that if I knew he was going to play. And and to Dallas credit, if I knew Jalen Brunson was going to step up to the plate as well as he did, like obviously Jalen Brunson, for basketball fans like me, we know that he's good. But for him to really step up in the playoffs, forty point games like that is different. You know that's different, man. He's hey, I would like for him to come to my Pistons. I would love for Jalen Brunson to come to my business. But, um, yeah, I got uh, Utah winning game six, then Dallas closing it out in seven. Um, like, like I said, Dallas-Phoenix is going to be a very interesting series, man, very interesting series. I think the main series that everybody's still talking about buzzing off of is the Boston-Brooklyn series, 4-0. Um, no way did I expect a sweep. No way. No way did I expect a sweep. But I will say, to Boston credit, they have legit a great defense. They got guys that really communicate well. They got the length. They got the, you know, the uh, athletes. And really with defense in the NBA, because everybody knows rotations and what to do coming off of screens. And you might get a few, you know, obviously, you know, they're human, so it's going to be mistakes. But usually every NBA team knows what to do on defense. But you got to have the right exact guys to really get those stops. They got the guys clearly to make those stops. The growth of Jason Tatum, he is basically like a top 10 player in the league to me. I think his 
I think what he can do on defense, knocking down threes, being able to to create his you know his own shot from three, from mid range, turnaround jumper, finish at the rim, free throw shooting. Like I said, defense again, on and off the ball. He can play on offense. I think he made some growth as a playmaker. Still got more room to grow, obviously, but I think he's at the level where I could say he's a top 10 player. Like, am I really going to take 10 players before I start my team with Jason Tatum right now? Like, I really can't say that. I think he's a top 10 player. I think he's a superstar now. And I love it because I love his game. I've been a big fan of Jason Tatum ever since he came into the league. I've been a fan of watching him play. So to see him grow like this, and he's still very young, like, we're going to get another 10-plus years of Jason Tatum. Like, you know, so it's pretty cool um, to see. Um, I thought Jalen Brown, game three, those that stretch he had in the fourth quarter, that was the biggest, like, like hitting shot after shot because Brooklyn, like, uh, from what I remember, Blake Griffin rose from his grave and hit some threes. And, you know, so the fact the fact that Jenna Brown followed that right back and just made shot after shot after shot, that was incredible. I love to see that. I love, love to see that. Um, I thought Grant Williams had a great series. What he did defensively hitting shots, very important to the squad. I thought he was very good. Um, but let's get to the Brooklyn side. First of all, talking about Steve Nash getting fired, I'm cool with him not getting fired, actually. I know that might be like an unpopular thing to say, but I, you just can't really like, okay, they trade for Harden. Harden um, is there. Kyrie gets injured and he's missing person. You know, he's taking time off for personal reasons. Then Harden gets hurt. Kyrie comes back. Then Kyrie gets hurt. Harden comes back on a bad hamstring. You get eliminated. Then the very next season, you got the mandate. Kyrie playing half the season. Harden is obviously frustrated by it. He leaves. Like, you can't really, like, with that much change. And mind you, they were the one seed. So he, the same way you don't give him credit for anything good. Like, I mean, like, did he have anything to do with the fact that they were a one seed? I would like to say yes. You know, I'm not about to jump our way to be negative and say no. So, yeah, um, I'm not mad at uh, uh, Steve Nash staying as the coach. Um, clearly, though, he has a lot of growth to do as a coach, though. Like, he has a lot of growth to do as a coach. And do KD and Kyrie, should they be wanting to deal with a coach that doesn't have it all figured out? Clearly, it seemed like yes. Um, so it is what it is. I'm not really mad about that. When it comes to Kyrie, I've said this. I do not believe Kyrie. Like, this is the thing. Kyrie is a small guard. All he gives you is scoring the basketball but when it comes to scoring the basketball, he doesn't do it at a super elite level. When I compare him to like a to like a Steph or like a, you know, a, I mean, it's so many players, bro. Like Jokic and B, LeBron, Giannis, KD, Luka. All these guys are better scorers. I think Trey, well, nah, I'm not going to say Trey Young because he just showed himself in the playoffs. But I think there's plenty of guys that are just better scorers than he is. So the fact that like People overrate him when all he gives you is scoring, and his scoring isn't the best or top five in the league. Like, it's not, you know, I can rely on other guys to for sure give me 25, to for sure give me 30. I can, I can count on Jokic to for sure give me 30 before I can for sure 
count on that from Kyrie. Like I, I'm more confident that Jokic would get me 30, you know, because he's just more reliable. He's the better player. He's more reliable. And I think the issue with Kyrie, like he's not a top 20 player in the league and Kyrie, I don't ever criticize Kyrie. So, you know, this is real if I'm saying this, by the way, but it is what it is. I got to be real. I got to be honest. He's not a top 20 player. Like I made a list and I can say this whole list and there's still a few guys that I could probably like, like a Chris Middleton, you know, that I could argue over uh, uh, taking them on my team over Kyrie. But there are 20 players in the league that I would have on my roster before Kyrie. And it's not even because of his personality. I'm just talking what, how good he, how good is he as a basketball player? How good is he on the court? What his production, what is his impact? There are 20 players I would take on my squad more than him, you know, uh, over him. And I, you know, like, for example, Brandon Ingram, I was just talking about him. I'll take Brandon Ingram over Kyrie. He's taller. He can score the ball very well. And I feel like he, I feel like Kyrie gets shut down. We just seen it. So worst comes to shove, like Brandon Ingram might get shut down, but it's not like it's gonna be way worse than what Kyrie like, or way more likely in my opinion than you know Kyrie getting shut down. So I just think, man, like people just have to evaluate Kyrie as that. Like he's not a top five top 10 player like he's a he's not top 15 no more he's top 20 maybe and you know he's a guy that is very injury prone and that doesn't really you know always like the crazy part about it is Kyrie has never made first team all NBA he's made second team only once for all think about how talented that 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 actually might be the reason why he didn't make the top 75 list as angry as people got about it I mean Kyrie doesn't really have the individual accolades. He never came close, never been top five for MVP. Like, these are the things about him. Like, all he really has is the championship, which is forever, forever a legendary championship and legendary moment for him. But outside of that, what else is really impressive? He's done. I'm talking about as actual, you know, winning or awards. What, you know, so... It is what it is. I just think people have to evaluate Kyrie the right way. The right way. He's a top 20 player. Sure, he is amazing at, you know, hitting tough shots. He's amazing at finishing under the rim. But he gets in his own way on the court. Sometimes that shot isn't really falling like that. People don't want, people don't like to say that, but it is the truth. Sometimes he easily gets himself out of the game by being too passive and not knowing when to get into his ISO bag and not knowing when to, you know, to uh, score in the flow of the offense. I just think that's a problem for Kyrie. Um, and then KD, man, what do you say? I just think I'm just glad to see people actually evaluate KD the right way. He's still a top five player in the league. Don't get it twisted. Anybody, I know some people saying he's not. He is still a top five player. I'm not taking over five players before Kevin Durant right now on my squad but he still has a grown as a playmaker and you would think maybe he you know what i would say he did grow from what he learned in going to state and he has shown signs of that but i was about to say you would think he would have grown as a playmaker more and how to deal with different defensive coverages i don't know but clearly it bothered him a lot i think they were shifting the defense towards kd whenever he got the ball I think they was saying to themselves, you go out there and a tough shot. 
KD wasn't able. But some of those shots that KD was missing, those are just not even tough shots for him. He was just missing those shots. But, yeah, you still get Boston credit for knocking him out of his rhythm, for making him think too much in KD words. So it is what it is, and he's not a top, you know. By the way, I would still take LeBron over KD. That's not changing. That is not changing at all. I would still take LeBron over KD. It's just a certain way LeBron thinks the game to where he will not let that defense kill him at all. He will not let that defense stop him from dropping 30. You really think LeBron going to average 22 points against that Boston team? Now, that Boston team is great. Trust me. They they might hell, They might win the Easter Conference. But I'm just saying LeBron wouldn't go out, you know, wouldn't look like that at all. At all. And shit, the series is a different series if KD plays better. So if LeBron's there, they probably win a couple of, you know, few games. It's just the truth. Um... So, yeah, I just think people just have to evaluate KD the right way. He's not the greatest scorer in the history of the game. He's a great scorer. He's maybe top five, but I still got LeBron as a scorer over KD. I know LeBron don't shoot the ball the way KD do, but it is what it is. I think LeBron's a better scorer than KD. I think MJ, Kobe, Kareem, those are four right there. So, no, what was that? That might be five. I said LeBron, Kareem, Kobe, you know, so... Okay, four. Those are four guys right there. He's a top five scorer, yes, but he's barely top five scorer. And I know that's not a good way to say it, like barely top five scorer, but that's just how I feel about it. Um, but it's not all bad for Brooklyn, in my opinion. I think they just got to get a more focused Kyrie. They got to do better at putting better role players there. Their role players aren't championship role players. I think that's another issue for them. You need championship role players to win championships. You know, and, um, KD has to grow actually as a leader. He has to actually become that leader. Like, I know he has talked about not being a natural leader and just one, you know, wanting to go out there and hoop. You know, I remember he talked about how years ago in OKC, he uh, he wasn't really hands on with like the front office and their decisions. He just really wanted to go on the court and play. And I love that about KD, but that also could be unfortunately what hurts him in the future. So. I just think he really just needs to grow as a leader, like really direct guys and really figure out how to really quarterback the offense to slice up a defense because Kyrie ain't doing it. Kyrie just knows how to get the ball and then find a way to score for himself. That's Kyrie, you know, not not literally, but it is what it is. Um, I don't know where they go from here. I don't know who they actually – I mean, obviously, by the way, I don't know if I would ever pay Kyrie that – big money because not because of him you know not always being on the court which is obviously a good reason but the main reason is Kyrie as a player like like I say he's not a superstar so is he really worth all that money you know I just don't think he's a top 20 player in the league right now so I don't know I think the last thing I want to touch on though is this Philly Toronto series man down 0-3, and I was saying before, like, I, I was being positive towards Toronto because I think even if they would have lost the first round, you know, it's still possible, you know, uh, game six is coming up to uh, basically today, you know, Thursday. But I was saying they have a very good team, and it's not all bad because the season isn't a, you know, failure of a season. I forget what exactly I was saying, but that was basically how I always felt about Toronto. 
And now they're actually showing showing why we all had this series going to six or seven games. I think very rarely have I seen anybody on any, either side, whether it's the Sixers side or the Raptors side, I don't think I've seen anybody have it be a four-game series, a five-game series. I think we all had it, you know, last in a while. Um, and I think what they're doing is just great. I think Jordan B's injury is really affecting them. I think the fact that Toronto can really, really, you know, one-on-one defend James Harden. And I think it goes both ways where the Raptors is playing good defense and they have good, def- you know, individual defenders on top of the fact, though, that James Harden just isn't the same James Harden, you know. And I think that's... Uh, I was thinking about like how James Harden went from arguably top five, definitely a top ten player, always, to, I mean, what a season and a half or two seasons maybe. Where would you rank Harden right now? Like he's not top ten. You can't say that. Definitely not top twenty. Not top twenty five. Where would you rank Harden right now? Well, how bad he like he can't get by, he he can't get past guys, and then he's barely shooting but still finds a way to be inefficient. You know, like, you're not taking that many shots and you're still not efficient. That's the signs of a, I won't say a bad NBA player, but a guy that's not a superstar or going to be a superstar. So I just wonder, like, what's going on in James Harden's head? Like, is he thinking, like, man, I'm really, really not the same guy? Is he thinking, man, I just got to get healthy? Is he thinking, you know, like... I would love to get an idea of what exactly James Harden thinking right now. Um, but yeah, that series, I don't know. Like, Toronto might end up pulling off the first three of coming coming back from 0-3. They might actually do it. Like, game six, I don't want to. My mind is just telling me that I have to just pick Philly to win game six. Not because I predicted them to win a series in seven. Because I, obviously I could predict Toronto to win game six. They win a seven of uh, Philly. So my, predict, so my prediction could be right. But I'm not the type of basketball fan that cares that much about my predictions. I'm not making money off of these predictions. You know, so it is what it is. I want to just see great basketball. I do just think for whatever reason, uh, and is going to come out really 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 good and they're going to start really strong and and philly is going to have the momentum for the majority of a uh, uh, game game six that's what i think i think philly's going to start off with the momentum from Joel and b and then they're going to keep it james Harden still probably not going to play well but i think they're going to somehow get maxi to you know have not a not a monster game but a good game for him I just think they're just going to find a way to get it done in Toronto. Something about them making it harder for themselves and putting pressure on themselves and then having to win in Toronto, I think that's what's you know going to end up happening right now. Um, I got to give Toronto credit, though, for how exactly they're, like, de- defending Joel Embiid in terms of not really allow, you know letting him live at the free throw line right now. I got to give them credit. They're not letting him... I mean, we've literally seen him shoot over 20 free throws. Like, they're not letting him live at that free throw line. So their defense, like, the defense is very, 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 very impressive from the Hawks, uh, not not the Hawks, but the Heat, the Celtics, and the uh, Raptors. I think it's been very, very impressive. And we'll see what happens, you know, with this series. But I just really think, man, it's crazy because when Harden 
gets by somebody, you have so many long, you know, bodies, bodies in the paint. And like I said, they ain't filing. You can't just harden it and be. Y'all can't just go to the free throw line. You got to actually do stuff. And in isolation, James Harden is not breaking guys down and making good decisions with the basketball. So when Harden wants to get back, I think a big thing that can help Philly, by the way, is scoring and transition. I think them getting easy buckets by just being super aggressive, getting layups, getting open threes when they could get them on the road is very important. Very important. You could probably get away with not really pushing the ball up the floor, you know, creating for yourself when the defense isn't set. I think you can get away with that at home. You know, we just seen it with the with the Warriors where they didn't really play all that well, but they still won home game. You get a great game from Steph, and that's all you really need. Um, but on the road, I think what can help James Harden and them guys is, you know, moving in fast break and scoring. I think um, I want to check, but I think that's what helped them in game one and game two. I think that's exactly what helped them. And, you know, uh, like I said, James Harden could benefit from that. Gets, gets himself some easy shots. Like, I just, I, I, it's really crazy that he's not capable of doing it no more. And I think the reason why is because the hamstring really messed him up and he doesn't really take the best care of his body. Not in terms of him eating too much or whatever. Don't think I'm saying that. I'm talking about just being able to bounce back from injuries. Um, I just don't think James Harden is the kind of player that can do that. But to see him go from, like I said, from top, what, seven, eight, maybe top five player, in, you know, in the league to you, you, I, I can't even make an argument he's top 20 right now. I can't. That's a big drop off. Top five to maybe the 26th, 28th best player in the NBA. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's a crazy fall off for Harden, man. And I slide off, you know, I slide off Harden, but I don't want to see him like this, though. Like, not at all. Not, not, not at all. And if Philly gets past Toronto, by the way, you got, I think they're going to get washed by Miami. I think Miami's going to wash through Philly. And, and I have Miami beating uh, Philly. I do have it being somewhat of a competitive series like before the playoffs started. But now, really seeing James Harden and how he plays, man, it's bad now. Just imagine Miami when Bam and Jimmy and P.J. Tucker gets, get a hold, even Kyle Lowry get a hold of James Harden. Pause. They're going to just try to, man, it's going to be crazy, man. That's going to be a crazy, crazy series, bro. That's going to be a crazy series because I really think Miami's going to, it's the shooting and just the depth of just, you just can't stop them guys from, you know, getting the threes that they want and then just really locking you up. I just think Miami has that type of team. On the road in Philly, I can see them just locking and beat up. Like, it's going to be some bad shooting nights, I feel like, from Embiid, mainly because of the thumb, granted. But I think a lot has to do in the future if they can get past Toronto because Toronto's legit. But get past Toronto and get to Miami, I think it's going to be inefficient because of how good they are on defense. Like Jimmy, Jimmy, man, he's a dog. Jimmy Butler is a dog to me. Like he's a guy that's not afraid of nobody. I'll step toe-to-toe with LeBron, AD. I don't care. I'm going to still get to the rim and finish. I'm going to still shoot this crazy mid-range shot, somehow make it, I'm going to still make this pass because I know how to pass the fucking ball really good. 
Like, Jimmy Butler is a very good playmaker. He's very, very smart. He, Jimmy Butler, to me, might be one of the very most smart players in the NBA. I just think he plays with his with his mind out there. You can see it, and I like that. Um, so, yeah, I just had to talk about that Philly-Toronto series because game six tonight, I think I got Philly, like I said tonight. I think I said Philly in seven. I think I'm going to go Philly in six. But, man, if Doc Rivers blow a 3-0 lead, Man, oh my lord, the slander, the jokes is going to be amazing. And I don't like clowning, you know, people laughing at people, but I, hell, I'm a part I'm a fan of basketball for sure, so it is what it is. These guys get paid millions. I'm not about to feel sorry for them, you know, um so yeah. Uh series just ended the Chicago, uh, Milwaukee. Like I said, that series is quick series, whatever. Salute to DeMar DeRozan, though. I just wanted to salute DeMar, DeMar, DeMar DeRozan for a, a credible season. Had his best season of his career at a time where we probably really didn't expect it. You know, like, he literally has superstar-type stretches. And it's like, wow. Like, because even in Toronto, when it was the one seed, he was great, but nobody was talking about superstar or MVP of the league, really. Um, let me know if I'm tripping. So um, the fact that the the fact that um he had that this season, like like out of nowhere, like the Marta Rose is just going off right now. It's like wow, because even in San Antonio, he's showing himself to still be good. But I was talking about he reached like a All NBA. He was playing at like first team all NBA type levels and we haven't seen that you know from the the Marta Rosen we don't expect that so salute to him though because he clearly put the work in went somewhere where he thought from a basketball sense works and it paid off for him I think he probably gonna stay in Chicago for a minute you know so you know uh yeah man I just can't get my head around this Philly Toronto series, man. Oziana Nobi Precious out there trying to hoop. Again, they got guys, man, where they're athletic, they're tall as hell. They can all hit, you know, some type of jump shot, whether it's a three run man range. Toronto's just really, really well coached. Nick Nick Nurse is a crazy coach, but he's so fucking great. He's so elite. So elite of a coach. So yeah, um, like I said, I got I got um Memphis closing out Minnesota in six. I got the Suns closing out the Pelicans in six. I got Dallas beating Utah in seven. You know, um but yeah, this is Thursday though, April, I think what, April twenty sixth, twenty seventh, one of those days. This is right before game six of Memphis, Minnesota, New Orleans, Pelicans, Phoenix Suns. So just wanna leave that timestamp. I'm these are not like my before the playoffs predictions, clearly, if you look at the date of this pod, you know, but I just wanted to say that. Um, yeah. And I got Philly somehow squeezing the win. Like, it's, it's going to be a, a competitive fourth quarter, but I just think Philly going to pull away from it. I feel like Philly going to get control of the game. They're going to hold it for a good amount of time. Toronto's going to make a big run. Then Philly's going to hit a few big shots in the fourth quarter to win that game. Like, Joel Embiid, Tobias, Maxi, go hit a few big shots to win that game six in Toronto. But 
I would not be mad at all because I love to see, you know, history happen. So if Toronto can make history happen and beat Philly, man, that would be incredible. It would be incredible. And it might actually make James Harden really look in the mirror, you know. So, yeah, this has been another pod. Um, If you made it this far, you know I fuck with you. I I, I really fuck with you, you know. Um, Talking to myself very well, pod. I love this. I love basketball. Um, in the future, I might talk about that Kendrick new album. I, I just probably want to wait until we like a week away or something to really get my predictions or whatever. Or, you know, we, we might get a single by then or a music video. I don't know. I'm just so focused on basketball. I love it. Playoffs have been amazing. Um, yeah. Uh, we're out. <laughs>